Before we begin, we'd like to make you aware that the following episode includes references to mental illness. I think there is, you know, nothing greater than being able to reach that patient in their environment and showing them that you care that much that you are willing to go there. That's building trust. You know, that's uh, doing what we've been called to do. Uh, That's nursing. If you think about it, before our days, they never came to clinics. People were in homes. Uh, People went to churches and things like that to get health care. I go over the river and through the woods, I say, um, to reach patients, you know. I see it as reaching those who cannot reach us. I'm Ariana Masagi, and this is Appalachian Care Chronicles, a podcast bringing you stories from every corner of West Virginia's health sector. Join me as we journey alongside a variety of problem solvers, change makers, and daily helpers, all working behind the scenes and on the front lines to care for our communities. Together, we'll explore what they do day to day, the steps that got them there, and the big whys that continue to draw them back. How, in the face of some of the most challenging situations possible, do they manage to keep themselves and the rest of us from falling apart? Far from predictable, The paths they've walked are full of twists and surprises, discovery and purpose. This podcast is for anyone who's ever even thought about going into the healthcare field or has a passion for caring for others in times of need. Let me introduce myself, your host. I'm Ariana, and I'm a graduating medical student in West Virginia. Being from the Mountain State, I love how rural, rugged, and gorgeous this place is. But when it comes to accessing healthcare, people who live in our smallest towns or who live way out in the hills need a professional willing to meet them at their home. In this episode, we delve into the life and career of Anitra Ellis, family nurse practitioner in Logan County. Growing up in Logan, West Virginia, Anitra understands how the landscape can make it challenging for people to not only receive the services they need, but also feel connection and community. At an early age, she set her sights on what she felt was the most important and impactful thing she could possibly do, become a nurse in the ICU. Little did she know that decision would lead to a doctorate in nursing practice, teaching, and going from house to house to ensure patients in her community are healthy. I just wanted to be a nurse, you know, and help people. Uh, my background in nursing is in intensive care or critical care. And so I did that for a while and I was happy with it. Um, working in the ICU was a challenge. Um, and that's something that I really liked about it. You know, I like the fact that you only had two to three patients at the most. So I felt like I could really, really you know, love and care for those patients and give them the time that they deserved and needed. Um, You had the autonomy, you know, to adjust patient drips, you know, fine-tune them um, to help with their blood pressure or their heart rate or whatever. But um, as I began to have a family, 
you know, the hours and working night shift was something that was not for me. So I wanted more control of my schedule. So, you know, that's where the, uh, the, I guess the dream of becoming a nurse practitioner was born at. Despite facing numerous obstacles en route, Anitra has stayed the course. Now, she holds a doctorate in nursing practice and has racked up so many titles that sometimes it's hard to keep track. Assistant professor of nursing, family nurse practitioner, community educator, athlete, musician, army wife, and mom. For Anitra, the variety and flexibility in nursing is part of the field's appeal. I've personally seen nurse practitioners serve in all sorts of roles. They can provide primary care services to patients of all ages and can collaborate with other healthcare professionals, including physicians, nurses, and social workers. They can educate the community about health-related issues through nonprofit organizations, health departments, or academic centers. They really can do it all. Here, working at Coalfield Health Center, I can live out my dreams. I don't have to be in the clinic every day, and I'm not. I'm in schools. I'm at food pantries. I work with the homeless. I don't have to be tied to just working in a clinic. I can go out and reach the people by the home visits, reach people who are homeless by the mobile clinic, reach students who need inspired and who have never seen a person like me be successful. So I'm thankful I can do that. What makes Anitra's current work even better is getting to work alongside her sister at the mobile clinic. Together, they're bringing quality health care to folks all across Logan County who might otherwise not have had access to such services. We formed this thing uh, called Hopeful Health Missions, and you know, and our um, mission is to reach those who cannot reach us. So those people who, you know, can't even provide themselves with food to eat, they can come there and I can take care of their medical needs. So I've had people there who, you know, have been unable to get to their primary care provider because of transportation. I can step in and meet the need of providing their blood pressures for their medication or whatever. So we do basic screenings there, we do primary care, and we do a little bit of mental health. We do it all. So vaccines, we do it all. People are so much more comfortable in their environment um, around the things that they love, the things that they enjoy, and the people that they enjoy. Um, that to me is healthcare, really. It's nice to be able to do what I do in a clinic for people who um, are able to come in, but I think truly when you get to healthcare and truly where you're gonna make a difference is meeting people where they are. So our uh, first destination here Starting is uh, near Smokehouse. Uh, your miles are always going to be less than your minutes. Your minutes are always going to be more. Our destination is 10 miles, but it's 20 minutes away. One thing that I do like about home visits that I probably never really even mentioned is the rides are beautiful. Um, in Southern West Virginia, we have beautiful, beautiful scenery. And you're definitely right in the middle of it, in the mountains, you know. Sometimes there'll be a lot of natural waterfalls that you'll come across. Now we probably do not have cell phone service anymore. And we still have about seven minutes left to go on our drive. And so, you know, that's what you run into here. That's why I always use my GPS. And I've learned you always have to start it before 
while you have service because if you do not you're just going to kind of be on your own a typical day for me um, home health is i'll see anywhere from one to six patients and it is such a beautiful thing when you can have patients who you know want to take ownership in their health and they want to do things to see themselves to get better and that's when i know that we're going to be successful because i can tell them things all day uh, and they do trust me to a certain extent and they will do things you know to try to please me but whenever you know that they're doing things for themselves you know to take ownership in their health to you know to be better you know that's when you're you know you're going to see the change and that's when you know that you're going to see a difference in their life Anitra highlights the importance of building trusting relationships with patients, especially those who are vulnerable and have limited access to healthcare. By reaching out to communities and meeting people where they are, she's providing a vital service that can make a real difference in people's lives. However, building trust can also be challenging, especially in communities where people may have had negative experiences with healthcare providers in the past. It's important for healthcare providers to take the time to listen to their patients, understand their needs, and communicate in a way that is respectful and empathetic. By doing so, they can build a foundation of trust that can help to overcome barriers and get people the care they deserve. This is one of our uh, local assisted living facilities. I actually have several patients that I see here and it works out uh, perfectly because I can see all of them on the same day. Like I said, just being you know, logical and you know, doing that. And that fits all of the needs best, uh, patients and mine, so I don't have to drive all over creation. <laughs> Today. I don't feel good. Well, you're looking good. Swelling? It's better than it was. It looks good today. It, oh, you aren't saying it. All right, let me get my stuff and we'll check your vitals and all that stuff, okay? You've been writing your blood sugar down for me? Yeah, boy. All right, I'm going to listen to your lungs and stuff, okay? I love nursing because, you know, there's a lot of weight putting into assessing your patient. Assessing your patient is not just looking at their body, but it's actually actively listening because no one knows their body or their conditions like the patients. I'm listen to your heart now, okay? You can breathe normal. Heart sounds good and strong. In order to build a relationship, I think the biggest thing that you can do is actively listen. So if I have a patient who was coming to me because they have a toenail fungus. But I'm very concerned because they're going blind or they have diabetes. I have to pay just as much attention to their toenail fungus that I am to their diabetes. I have to let them know that I also care about what they care about. And then you know what? They're going to be more willing to work for me because I'm actually listening. And because I'm actively listening, they're actively listening as well. And just as much as I want to please them, they want to please me as their provider as well, and they want to do the right thing. So building that relationship, you know, comes first with actively listening. You have to show them that what they are feeling and what they care about matters. I'm going to take your blood pressure real quick, okay? 
getting tight. <laughs> I'm not right. It's good. I'm going to check it one more time just to make sure. Cause I don't That's one of the great things about nursing. Um, you know, in order for people to accept you, they have to trust you. And nursing over and over and over again is always voted one of the most uh, trusted professions because that's a part of what we do. Doggy's behaving today. I guess he's used to me, ain't he? He didn't hurt bark. Nope. I kick him out three or four times around his field. Well, good. Day. That's good for you. But I'm a little better. I know you are. I can tell. I'm going to get, all right? I love you. I love you. Be good. Keep walking the doggy and keep taking your insulin. I'm right on track. Keep up the good work. Thank you. All righty. You have to be able to build a relationship with your patients first before they will trust you and, you know, kind of uh, take the advice that you give them. But um, it's patient-centered care, and, you know, what you do is you educate them the best that you can, and, you know, you let them make that choice because if you're willing to put it in their hand, then they're also going to be willing to listen to you more when the time comes. Appalachian Care Chronicles is made possible thanks to the West Virginia Higher Education Policy Commission and Claude Worthington Benedim Foundation, serving communities in West Virginia and southwestern Pennsylvania since 1944. Through her work with the mobile clinic, home visits, and more, Anitra is literally meeting people where they are. Because for people living in rural Appalachia, to be successful, they need high-quality healthcare support. Anitra knows how important that is to every patient she works with, because even nurses like her are patients too. So um, a lot of people may or may not believe this by listening to me, but I am um, diagnosed with bipolar, hypomanic bipolar. The craziness of my schedule does really good with me not being able to sleep, uh, with the flight of ideas and things like that. But that's also exhausting. So, you know, being on my medications, um, talking to therapists, whatever I need to do to keep myself straight that way, that's huge for me. And, you know, whatever it is for you to take care of yourself, uh, whether it be medications, a lot of providers don't like to push medications because they don't like to take them either. Every medication that you take for one thing, you can guarantee it's probably going to cause something else wrong in another area or cause, you know, side effects. So just understanding that, you know, I have to take care of myself and, you know, I have to kind of be an example for my patients. Um, you know, that's really big for me. And, um, I believe in miracles. I believe that God can heal people, but I know that my healing comes through medication because I can tell my patients, you know, I've tried this. I understand this is what I have to take. This is what I have to do because that puts me off the pedestal. That helps them to understand that I'm human too, and I go through struggles just like them. They don't think 
they don't think about stuff like that. You know, they think that we're uh, imperfect body, imperfect minds, and you know, all this other stuff. But that's really, uh, really helped people. You know, since COVID, the thing that I've treated the most: anxiety, depression. And the biggest thing around here is the stigma around mental health. Um, people don't want to acknowledge it. I mean, you can do things that will put you in more of a depressed state or anxious state. But sometimes you have chemical imbalances that have to be treated with medications. Sometimes you have trauma because of things you went through as a child. There is zero wrong with you taking care of that in a healthy manner. Anitra's openness and honesty about her own mental health struggles is incredibly vulnerable and courageous. It takes a lot of strength to share such personal information, especially in a professional setting. By sharing her own experiences, she is not only breaking down the stigma surrounding mental health, but also showing her patients that they are not alone in their struggles. The COVID-19 pandemic has brought mental health to the forefront of many people's minds. The isolation, uncertainty, and loss caused by the pandemic have had a significant impact on people's mental health. As a result, there has been an increase in overall awareness of the need for mental health care. And Nietzsche's work in providing mental health support to her patients is crucial, particularly in an area where mental health resources may be limited or stigmatized. Her willingness to share her own experiences and struggles with her patients can help break down the stigma and make it easier for people to seek the care they need. As a nurse and really any type of healthcare worker, having compassion both for yourself and for others is essential. These lessons that Anitra, also an assistant professor of nursing, is focused on sharing with her students. You know, I taught um, nursing students for a while and there would be excellent nursing students who could get the book stuff. But if you don't care, then you're not going to be successful. Um, your patients are not going to like you. Your coworkers are not going to like you. And you're going to be living a very miserable nursing life. And it's teamwork. You know, it's always collaborative care, no matter what level you're at. I recently spoke at uh, WVU uh, Rural Health Day in Morgantown. And, you know, they asked the question outside of, you know, getting your prerequisites and things like that. What's something that you can do in order to prepare, you know, whether it's for dental school, nursing school, med school, whatever. And I told them to go to your food pantries. Uh, I told them to go to your homeless shelters. I told them to find people in their lowest moments and learn to serve them there. Because if you can serve people there, then you'll be able to serve them anywhere. So I always, 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 when I have students, try to bring that into um, a part of their education because they don't get that everywhere. And, you know, seeing people that I go to church with or seeing people that I've grown up with my whole life, people that I've looked up to as mentors now coming to me uh, for me to serve them because that's what nursing is. It's a service. It's me being able to serve you because you trust me to do that and you trust me to take care of your health care. So I want this place to be healthy because when you have healthy people, you have more people working. We have more people working. You have a, a, a better economy. You have a better economy. You know, people want to be here. You're going to have more jobs. You're going to have more things to do. And, you know, ultimately, I want my kids to feel like they can be successful here. If they want to leave West Virginia, if they want to leave Logan County, that's fine. But I don't want them to feel like they have to leave because they cannot be successful here. We 
want to address a common misconception about pursuing a career in healthcare, that you have to have it all figured out straight out of college. The truth is not everyone knows what their path is when they turn 18 or start college or even finish, and that's okay. Many people find their way to healthcare later in life, whether through a personal experience or simply a newfound interest. Health science programs at community colleges and universities are full of non-traditional students who are pursuing a new career path in healthcare. In my medical school class alone, I had classmates with some very interesting backgrounds. One was a manager at Wendy's, one had been a coal miner, one had a degree in finance, and another spent two years farming in Guyana with the Peace Corps. And as you already know about me, I was a musician. I want to emphasize there is no age cutoff on determining your ideal career or setting your sights on a new career interest in healthcare. Also, many healthcare professions offer flexible paths to entry. For example, becoming a nurse can be achieved through a two-year associate's degree program or a four-year bachelor's degree program or even an accelerated program if you already have a bachelor's degree in another field. There are also certificate programs that offer specialized training in areas of healthcare. These programs are typically shorter than degree programs and can often be completed in less than a year. They're a great option for those who are looking to enter the healthcare field quickly and gain valuable skills that can lead to entry-level jobs. If there's one thing I've learned in medical school, it's that there's not only one way that a doctor or nurse or therapist can be. We come from diverse backgrounds, and honestly, that's best. I always say, thank God that I grew up poor, because there were so many resources out there. I got financial aid because of my parents' background. My dad did not graduate high school. He's always worked odd jobs and changed jobs a lot, and my mom worked at McDonald's. But the student support services, uh, they really helped me to be able to register for college classes. Um, I had extra support if I needed, even if it was just, you know, I'm feeling tired or, you know, I'm having a rough time. There's somebody there for you to talk to. Um, so uh, just kind of see what um, services are available um, you know, um, through your colleges, because there's usually always something available free to students that can, you know, help you along the way. If you are considering a different career path, if you don't have passion about your job, if you are just living day to day and you're miserable, you can do it. Anyone can do it. You can take small steps. The small steps, you know, could be at a community college. It could be online. There are so many different resources out there today to help you be, uh, to help people be successful um, in, in changing, even changing careers now. You know, um, I'm a first-generation college student, so um, I'm like one of the younger ones in my family. But, you know, since I have been successful, I've seen my older sister. She's went back and got her degree. My brother, he has went back and got her degree. Uh, all people with families, um, and they've done it. Um, you can do it. Uh, find a support system around you to help you be successful. Look at the different resources that we have across the state of West Virginia for every person. Um, and just believe in yourself. 
believe in yourself, believe in yourself, because if you believe in yourself, it doesn't matter what anyone says around you. Everyone's path is not going to look the same, but I believe for everyone out there, it is possible for you to have a career or to have a job that you are absolutely in love with. I may be tired when I get up in the morning, but I do not ever dread going to my job because I love what I do, and you can have that too. Appalachian Care Chronicles is a production of the West Virginia Higher Education Policy Commission, Health Sciences Division. Special thanks to the Claude Worthington Benedum Foundation and Coldfield Health Center for their support. For more information about educational opportunities related to healthcare in West Virginia, visit appcarepod.com. That's appcarepod.com. I'm Ariana Misagi, and you've been listening to Appalachian Care Chronicles. In our next conversation, we'll sit down with Shaquille Harris, Marshall University professor of social work, who is committed to inspiring and preparing the next generation of helpers. See you then.